Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're not going to get highly organized, disciplined people who take orders really well and live a really clean life. Those people don't end up involved in organized crime. The Guardi now are really, really pushing on, on, on major criminal figures. What were broadly described as anti-gangland laws, not relying on waiting for people to be caught with drugs or, mm. or weapons. And they have been hugely successful. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Mob boss Barry Young has pleaded guilty to directing a criminal organisation, a charge which can carry up to life imprisonment. A massive 16,000 text messages taken from WhatsApp were amongst key evidence against him which will be heard during his sentence hearing. But while the 37-year-old Sligo gangster is undoubtedly facing a jail term, is he really just a shrewd businessman who knows that doing porridge is just part of the game? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the most prolific crime boss in the Northeast, who has carefully built an extensive drug operation built on a mixture of cunning and good fortune, but whose luck has finally run out. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. How are you feeling about the show? Um, I feel uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty much scared to within an inch of my life, would that be? <laughs> is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, it's quite daunting. I mean, look, we were in looking at the Olympia, such a beautiful venue, and to see it from the stage is daunting but it's such a gorgeous historical venue you know and it's going to be full we are almost sold out there for Thursday April 27th um, anything left is on ticketmaster.ie and of course then we've been cajoled into going on the road which is definitely going to be interesting it wasn't something we thought we'd be doing so quick but uh, Sunday April 30th we're in Killarney INEC Wednesday 3rd of May we're going to Limerick to Dolan's on the 17th of May, which is another Wednesday. Uh, I'll have been on Hollybops in between this, by the way. <laughs> we're going to be in Belfast in the limelight, which will be really Great. interesting. And we're bringing Alison Morris on with us as the local knowledge. 
that she is. And Thursday the 18th, we're in Cork in Cypress Avenue, Friday the 19th in Galway, Monroe's. And I'd say Saturday the 20th, it's just going to be flat out on the couch uh, with yeah. a glass of wine, like yeah. bloody hell. Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully it'll it'll uh, yeah it's it's intimidating seeing the 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 stage. All right, I have yeah. to say, you know, but uh, but it'll be great. To get it'll out be great. To meet it'll people be great. That are listening and everything else, and theme is Omerta. Yeah, and we've been doing a lot of work on that. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of funny stories around it, and then there's a lot of serious stories around it. So it'll be a mix, and uh, we hope it'll be entertaining. Yeah, I think it is entertaining. It's so there's so much uh, chaos in the middle. I think in dealing with those types of witnesses, you know, yeah. protected witnesses. I do think that's there is, and like some of them, the way they go on to lead these extraordinary lives is yeah. amazing, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we will we will keep it all for the shows. Um, now. Barry Young, who we're going to talk about today, has pleaded guilty and, I mean, to directing a criminal organisation. A huge charge to face. And as soon as we heard he pleaded guilty, we realised how bang to rights he must have been. And of course, we subsequently discovered that um, 16,000 uncrypted messages were seized from the WhatsApp on his own phone. That's like something that would happen to me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, look, he pled guilty very quickly as well. Um, he was, um, he was one of these guys that, that was arraigned and is, is quickly pled guilty, which is unusual. Like, so mm. it just shows you, of course, that he's banged to rights um, that he must have at this point got a book of evidence, looked at it and thought, Plead guilty at the earliest opportunity, get it over and done with, and and face the face the time and get a lesser sentence because they do no matter what get a lesser sentence from pleading oh. guilty. That's just the nature of it. You don't have to go through the court's time and expense. No, and, and an early plea as well is also taken into account yeah. where you don't put the state through loads of time. But yeah, as you said, sixteen thousand WhatsApp messages. We've spoken loads about encrypted phones, the level of, of contact or the level of care people are taking. And like, it's interesting that he's direct, he's pled guilty to directing criminal gang between October 2019 and January 22. So this is in recent times. These yeah. aren't WhatsApp messages stretching back 10 years mm. or that he's been caught on. Um, it's within that time frame. But you see, I think the most difficult thing for criminals is to kind of keep up their guard because it's exhausting yeah. having to always kind of, you know, take out the different phone to make sure that you don't leave any trace behind, constantly looking over their shoulders. Look, we know that Kinahan organization and other groups like that have been actually trained in counter surveillance, in watching the watchers basically and knowing if they're being followed and all. It's exhausting having to live like that. It is 100%. And of course, they're not people that are, are uh, you know, these are people that are by their nature risk taking people mm. that are not living within the, the, the normal rules. That is why they're involved in criminality. So to then expect them to be non risk taking with, with electronic communications probably doesn't make sense. And we saw, of course, in the, the Bomber Kavanaugh trial how minor slip ups in the usage of those technologies really brought that to an end, even though Thomas Kavanaugh himself was quite disciplined. Some of his the other guys around them weren't being, and that that really was the end of it. And I think as well in the that the, case, actually, you know, that you mentioned it was extraordinary because you got the sense that you know you can do, you can be absolutely like Bomber Kavanaugh was top of his game, 
but you're only as good as the team you have around you. Yeah, and by nature, you're not going to get the uh, highly organised, disciplined, you know, people who take orders really well and live a really clean life. Mm -hmm. Those people don't end up involved in organised crime. Like, they end up working for IT for companies or whatever they do, or accountants. Um, so there is a, to get somebody who will follow those instructions. And as well, you see in, in Barry Young, I mean, Barry Young has been, his name has been mentioned for nearly two decades now, even though he's he's only 37. Um, but you see that it's he's charged with directing a criminal organisation, both within and outside the state. So you see that that's the other challenge that these guys face as they go up the ladder, that they have to, they can't be there and do everything in person. Like he's directing the gang from outside the state and it has to be done electronically or yeah. or through phones. Like they, there is no other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that poses a challenge for them as well. And of course, of recent times, he's been over and back to Spain where he sort of had settled um, and back and forth. Now, of course, Barry Young, one of the interesting <clears throat> things about Barry Young is he's not a dub. No. He's from Sligo, no. which is not the first place that people kind of consider when they think about organised criminality and gangs. But of course, Sligo has been one of those places that it's been, it's just one of those towns in Ireland that has had significant criminality. And it's a base from which Barry Young and others have been supplying the whole northwest, which stretches into Donegal, Leitrim, up over the border as well, uh, into Derry. And I'll be writing about sort of a connection he had with a, a gang in Derry um, who were sentenced this week in, in court up there. And there was interesting detail about the kind of money that they were making, the kind of money that was transferring, the connections between the north and south, where the drugs were coming from in the Dundalk, Drogheda area, and all these connections are made. Now, Barry Young, do you know a little bit about his background? I'm talking to back to when he sort of started up. Well, we first, I think we first wrote about him in 2006 um, when he was caught with, uh, it was around £20,000 worth of uh, cannabis, um, which had been hidden in a, in a cemetery in, in County Sligo. Um, at the time, he would have been just in his very early 20s, I suppose, and um they had buried the cannabis basically uh, at the base of a tree near a wall in the cemetery. And the guards obviously had some information. Um, uh, they were there on spot as they tried to dig it up and they attempted to run for it and were caught. Barry Young, I think, was 24 when he was ultimately pl- pled guilty and was sentenced to six years in prison. So even at that stage, um, you know, he was in there. We There was an association with criminal gangs operating in the area, which were probably the the Irwin gang at yeah. the time. And was he working with them at the time? Is it one of these situations that he started off kind of cooperating with them and then as a, had an ambition outside of their mob? Well, I think that's what happened is that they were kind of controlling the drugs trade and they had people, you know, they were supplying. Barry Young was in that general, uh, in that mix rather than a very close associate associate of people like Patrick Irwin who was, who was the, the head of the Irwin gang. Um, so, but ultimately, obviously, the Irwin gang were dismantled through 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 people ending up being in prison, through operations by cab. That happened sometime in in you know in the two thousand and tens. And when that happened, then um, you know there was a vacuum to a degree, and Barry Young quickly filled that. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a very very serious operator, not just in the local area, but seemed to have developed these 
these contacts with various Dublin criminals. Um, sometime in the 2010s, he started... It's like what a tradition of organised crime, I suppose you could you could say that. There were organised gangs there who had access to firearms. There'd been feuds, you know, gun feuds, as opposed to kind of local local disturbances. Um, and there was also a tradition of, of armed republicanism in the area who... who Barry Young, sometimes the 2010s, became a target for dissident criminals. This is around the Alan Ryan time who were attempting to extort money. And um, one of the reasons he popped up in the Sunday world was because he had a guy, uh, uh, Mark the guinea pig Desmond, and um, he brought him down to Sligo to act as muscle. Now, Particularly nasty character. A particularly scary character, Um probably one of, fair to say, one of the most notorious criminals in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> very, very dangerous person. Had come to prominence just at the turn of the millennium when he was suspected of being behind the assassination of two young teenagers whose bodies were dumped in the canal. And I think they were found um, and the murder inquiry began just within days of the new year of 2000, of course, those big celebrations as we faced into a new millennium. He was never um, convicted in relation to that, but he had a reputation of using extreme violence and rape to control young men who were dealing for him. Yeah, he was particularly uh, sort of developed this savage reputation for in, in regarding to drug debts, which what what it was, people with minor drug debts, you know, extreme violence to collect small amounts of money um, and obviously the rape thing was 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 something that was also meant to have been used and also to control a cert- certain amount of workers around them. Yeah. I mean, funnily and enough... not something that's going to be reported too easily from any world, let alone that world. I mean, it was largely, you know, sort of informed sources and rumours as such that went round about him, but I don't think anybody was in any doubt, but it happened. Yeah. Um, Do you know I was in Tala District Court way back, you know, in the early 2000s or thereabouts and he was he was brought up on some charges. I can't remember exactly what was it to do with those canal murders. But anyway, I was sitting, I wasn't actually expecting him. I knew nothing about him and I was sitting there covering something else and I looked up. I felt this absolute like chill up my spine. This sounds very dramatic, but it was true. And I looked up and he was staring at me. And I've never seen anything as dead as his eyes. Yeah. And I mean, he was a young guy then. He was big, burly, uh, sneering, definitely had this sort of, you know, aura about him that was pure evil. Oh, look, he was very, very feared. Um, and he had the backing of some of the really serious criminals in, in West Dublin, like D.D.O. Driscoll and people like that who, who had, had his backing. Um, he was, he was funnily enough, some people said to me he was on a private level. He was quite soft-spoken and... Even weirder. Yeah, and not, not uh, you know, he quite pleasant and all of that. But certainly one of the more feared criminals yeah. in the city for good reason. And sometime in the 2010s, Mark Desmond, um, you know, probably... As, did he move to Sligo? Well, he, he, he was living there with yeah. him. But he became... Uh, probably a significant drug dealer in his own right, ultimately around that time, Mark Desmond. And he was also associating with the remnants of the Rattigan gang, if you remember. Mm. So he was also involved in them. And 
seem to have had connections with drug dealers abroad and with Barry Young. Yeah. But Barry Young brought him down as these kind of, they were ragtag dissident Republicans, really, that were trying to throw their weight around. But ultimately, um, you know, they got nowhere. Yeah. And Barry Young continued as he was to a degree, um, fell off the public radar in, in terms of not not uh, appearing in the papers. Yeah. But we were always hearing uh, quite a lot about him and how he had become probably risen up the the, yeah. the ranks through making connections with with various people, including Mr. Big. I, you know, wasted a lot of my time on on Young because I never got anywhere lucky with him. I would remember going down to Sligo a number of times to try and, you know, to have an address and we'd go down and try and see if we could see him and we just never got anywhere with it. He, um, of course, what happened was the Irwins kept everybody busy and kept the police busy and their chaotic nature. Huey Irwin had been initially the head of that family, that drug dealing family. And he had sort of got involved in a feud with another crowd and he had survived an assassination attempt himself. He was arrested and questioned in relation to the murder of Huey McGinley. And when in custody, he actually smeared his own excrement on his face to try and uh, make the guards sick. He was a a very sort of um, peculiar character. After that, he moved to Lanzarote. He was afraid he was going to get killed. And his younger brother, Patrick, took over. Patrick was this quite a good-looking womanizer. Yeah. Had um, at one point three women on the go. One of them was a hairdresser in whose name they bought a house out in Drummondier at the, the lake out in Leitrim, a beautiful stone-cut house. That's what this Criminal Assets Bureau went after, actually. Um, she was named in the court proceedings and had to give evidence about her earnings and how she was supposed to be able to pay for this. He had <clears throat> another woman uh, with, a, with a child. And, and finally then, of course, he had a relationship with a girl called Deirdre Moran, who was from a very respectable family. From memory, her father was a hospital consultant. They'd moved from Manchester to the town. And when she was very young, a teenager, she got into a relationship with Patrick Irwin, had a child with him and been absolutely sucked into organised criminality. Um, and she had been arrested in a car on her way back to Sligo, having picked up a gun believed to have been handed to her by Eamon the Don Dunn, who was supplying the Irwins with drugs and with weapons. And she was, ended up jailed. She went into, into Mount Joy and she gave an interview after she came out of it, actually, about how she had learned a trade in there and she was hoping to, and there's been yeah, no... she became involved in the, in the fashion business. In the fashion business. There's been no, no suggestion she's gone back to... No, I think in fairness, she really does seem to have turned her life around yeah. in, the, in the aftermath. The shock of going to prison and all the rest of it. But Irwin himself, like, he was caught with 70 grand's worth of cocaine and he got jailed for seven years. Um, and at the same time, the cab were going at him. He was kind of caught on all sides. And when he went into prison then, what was left of the gang seemed to have been too chaotic. And that's when Young kind of moved in, in a more organised fashion to take over. And of course, Young was dealing with gangs in the north and supplying them. He was a connection between, as you say, the Mr Big organisation. He would connections with Drogheda criminals, he had uh, connections with drug dealers based in Derry, in Armagh, in Belfast. So, you know, and, I'm making a lot of money. And also, like in 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 some senses, like, like Deirdre Moran, like he had the capacity to sort of corrupt uh, people around him. And um, there was a case 
a very prominent case that came to court of a female guard um, where she was ultimately convicted of, of uh, supplying information to uh, Mr. Biggs' gang. Um, or sorry, not to Mr. Biggs' gang, to Barry Young's gang. And it was, you know, so it, it just shows that that... Like that was the extent of of how he was operating. It wasn't a sort of uh, local guys distributing a bit of drugs. It was a proper criminal organization with corrupting into those yes, areas. Yeah, she was former pay. guarder Jamel Henry, who was jailed for eighteen months after she assessed accessed the forces pulse system from her base in Sligo and passed on the details to Young's crew. Um, a court heard she'd become compromised by a drug habit. Yeah. So I mean that that shows you, I suppose, that that this is the level that they were operating. It was it was Barry Young was 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 directing what a proper criminal organization. Um, at some point in recent years, that's become an inter an international drug operation as well. Um, that that you know the, the it's no longer just a regional a regional concern, but something that was involved in the importation and, and trafficking of drugs across the country. Of course, in more recent years, Mark the guinea pig Desmond was was shot dead in a park in Lucan in December of 2016. And obviously, in the aftermath, the Guardi began to target Young's operation. Um, now, he was sort of being mentioned in, well, he's not actually being named, but he is the guy being mentioned in respect of this very fascinating and uh, intricate case of the murder of Robbie Lawler in Belfast because the prosecution in the case of Ado Holland and Patrick Tear have claimed that um, Holland met with a major organised crime figure in Sligo in the weeks before Robbie Lawler's death and they have claimed that that is where the plot to kill Robbie Lawler emerged. Now the individual identified by them is uh, is young um, now, there's been bail applications in relation of Holland and Tear, and during those bail applications, the defence have said that they've, you know, they're, they're making claims that basically Holland and Tear had very, uh, certainly weren't trigger men in this case, and that the real killers, of course, Joe Brawley has spoken to the court, addressed the court, and he's named Levi Colleen, Ger Dundon, and Quincy Bramble as being the hit team, essentially, and this, Colleen this being is the Joe Brawley in his, in his other role as a barrister rather than. <laughs> That's a GAA commentator. So he has, so this is all very intricate, but the prosecution are sticking to their guns. You see, the Dundons were arrested after that murder and they were let go, Colleen, unconditionally by the PSNI. Um, So the prosecution in the North are sticking to their guns that Holland and Tyr were responsible for this murder. They're not actually charged with murder, it's a lesser charge. But um, and nonetheless, that they've the they've the right men, and that the the Dundons basically have nothing to do with it. Um, but they're citing this meeting with Barry Young um, as Holland going there to take instruction to plot this murder. Now, the CCTV footage, which is available, does indeed show Holland and Young meeting at this Sligo hotel. But um, it's it's it's. A kind of a weird meet, if it was, to plot a murder. Um, Holland has stayed in this hotel, the Sligo Park Hotel. He has, car has broken down and Young arrives with a wheel brace. Yeah. And they speak in the car park, they go in and have a coke in the bar. And then they meet two guardy who are there at bump the gym. Into, bump they bump in into the two guardy. And they stand talking to them for about 10 minutes. And then they go and 
Barry Young disappears off with his girlfriend. So that's interesting. And all of that will continue to emerge um, as regards whether the, the prosecution case on that is accepted or not um, over the coming months and years up in the north. Um, but that's the kind of, that did to me show at the very least that Young has connections with northern criminals and obviously his reach has been very much over the border and his turf and his supply and all the rest of it has been involving gangs from Belfast, from Derry and from Armagh. Yeah, I mean, I think traditionally, like back at a certain point in time, a lot of the drugs trade um, that that occurred in the north came from the the UK mainland, for want of a better term. Um, But over the last decade and even more, the, the, the gangs down here have become far more, have supplied far more for drugs than previously. And some of that is to do with the Belfast Agreement, the fact that their things are more, more open. Um, and, you know, we do have a situation where drugs in the South or drug gangs in the South were certainly supplying some of the loyalist mm. uh, uh, paramilitary organisations as well. So that's become a bigger part of the trade. Some of the gangs based in County Loud in particular seem to have had a reach in there. And we've had people who are associated with Mr. Big. Some of them are facing charges in the north, um, very serious charges after being caught under uh, as part of the Anchor Chat bust. People that are very deep, long associations for more than two decades with, with the criminal known as Mr. Big. Um, so we can see that, that, the, that that's become uh, a lucrative part of the business for gangs operating down here. Do you see the kind of like way he goes in and he just pleads guilty, you know, yeah. and he will be sentenced? Yeah, so I mean, I think an early plea is a big deal. Yeah. So if you go through the whole process, loads of court dates for, for mentions, books of evidence, all of that, and plead guilty at the last minute, you'll still get you'll still get some deal. Because yeah. the state then recognises that that you're not putting the state through through risk and it's an incentive. But if you plead guilty even earlier, mm. where you know he's probably pleading guilty at least a year before it had to come to trial, um, you will get again, you will get another reduction for that. Um, so is he the sort of guy that sees it as you know, a business risk that, you know, eventually you're going to get caught, you're going to have to suck it up, do a few years in jail. And, you know, rather than kind of rally against the system, you just go with it. Yeah, it's the opposite, I suppose, to the, the John Gilligan approach where you fight at every yeah. every last little ascent and, and step forward. You take you take the pain now. Yeah. Now, there's, they can get a huge... I don't know if there's even a potential life sentence for directing a criminal gang. I know it's... it's a, I'm nearly it, sure it was sort of like it's it's up there. I thought there was this 40 years. Let me see if I can find that while you're... you're yeah, well, I mean, it can be a really, really long sentence for that charge. Um, so, but you can also people have been getting four, five, six years, seven years for that sort of for that sort of crime. So, there is an incentive to plead guilty, and you've seen that again and again with people in the in the the Kinning cartel who've pled guilty to lesser charges quickly before coming before the special criminal court. Of course, Barry Young was before the special criminal court, and none of them yeah. fancy that. No, they don't. It's punishable. You're right up to life imprisonment. So yeah, it can hold any sort of a sentence. But he'll he likely get a lengthy enough sentence, yeah. and it'll depend on the the evidence that's given at sentence hearing, because yes. that that's when we'll 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 know how they caught him, what they caught him with, and what they believe that he was doing. Um, so. That will determine, of course, the sentence. But it's, you know, it's funny because he does seem like, um, 
like he's only 37. Yeah. He does seem like a clever kind of a guy who has stayed in the background, waited for his opportunity to take over, you know, let the Irwins chaos themselves essentially out of business, then take over. You know, he has his connections all over the place. He's in and out of the country. He's by and large, certainly when I was looking for, for him, he wasn't staying in the same house any night. He was very much carrying out those counter surveillance techniques. He's obviously slipped a bit with these WhatsApp messages and in recent times. And you see, of course, maybe he's been kicking back in Spain and enjoying life and you make so much money you want to spend it and you get a little bit lazy and now he's got this he's just pleaded guilty he's going to go in do his time back out yeah and he's also back been, up and running he's been on remand for <clears throat> as far as I know for since he was taken into custody so that will also come off his ultimate sentence yeah. for time served so but I mean it, I think it's it shows two things I mean this is the charges that the Guardi now are really really pushing on 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 major criminal figures these these anti-gangland, what were broadly described as anti-gangland laws, bringing people before the special criminal court, charging them with 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 these sort of charges, not relying on waiting for people to be caught with drugs or, mm. or weapons, and they have been hugely successful. Yeah, and of course, Patrick Keating in the past, who would have been uh, Bomber Cabinet's number one operative here in Ireland, he has been pleaded guilty to directing a criminal organisation. And we know that there's many investigations going on into major mobs where that would be a charge sought um, in connection with the Hutch mob, in connection with the big mob and other gangs around the country. There are ongoing criminal investigations by, by Gardaí. And of course, they go at them two prong with the criminal end and with the Criminal Assets Bureau where they yeah. try and, you know, mop up whatever earnings they've had and identify as many assets as they can. No doubt Barry Young, if he's not already, is going to be subject to a Criminal Assets Bureau investigation. Yeah, I mean, it's increasingly hard for them to... Like, even the way that the Criminal Assets Bureau are, charge, are targeting foreign holidays, mm. you know, house renovations, all of that stuff has become come into play hugely. So it's very, very hard for people when they reach a certain level of, of criminality to get away with spending that money or enjoying the fruits of their labour, mm. for want of a better term. Well, next couple of years, Barry Young will be, what do they say? Taking his porridge? Taking his porridge, yeah. yeah. And uh, no doubt dreaming of uh, his next... Foreign holiday? ...trip to Spain. Yeah. Thank you, Niall Donald. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.